Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Official Beers Podcast, where we talk about everything from mouse ears to butter beers. It is Brian and Alan here, and thank you for joining us once again as we dive into our episode uh, 62 and continuation of our new series talking about 50 of our favorite things at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, Alan, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Pretty good. We, um, we've wrapped up COVID here. Everybody's back at work and school. Um, it's just Eli Yay. and I, yeah, I know Eli and I are just <laughs> hanging out. We watched, uh, we're watching, well, I guess we were listening to, uh, the Hamilton soundtrack while we were working on some social media posts and everything this morning and, uh, just kind of chilling out until I, uh, I have to go to the doctor today for my yearly physical for stupid insurance. So that's going to be fun. But, <laughs> um, always exciting. I know. I, sh- I should walk in there and cough and say, man, I'm sorry. I just got o- over COVID and see if they can speed it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I get you out really quick. Yeah. So, but how's things going in Chicago? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I've had some nice, like kind of almost fall like weather in the last week or so, which is really yeah. good. Yeah. It's been uh, nice. It was really, really humid for about a week. And then uh, the bottom dropped out and it's, it's great right now. So. Uh, you know, driving around in the car with the windows down again is nice. That kind of yeah. stuff. Um, sister-in-law went home. She had a great visit. Um, she's actually going to come back and watch Vinny for us in October. Um, we're going to go to Vegas for a couple days. Yeah. yeah. So she's going to come back uh, since mom is going to be in Vegas with us too. Uh, my sister-in-law said she'd come back and watch Vinny for us for a few days. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, good to see them reconnecting. Um yeah, it's it's been pretty nice. It's been pretty it nice weather and everything lately. So we'll take been, what we can get. It's been nice here too. We um, it's been pretty nice. Chilly in the morning actually, and it's, it's been really nice. I, I bought a bike during COVID, uh, just so I could have something to do in there in days where I wasn't coughing so much and I can actually move around. And uh, I would go and I would go on some bike rides. So uh, kind of keeping that up. Nice. But it's nice to do it in the morning when it's not real hot and yep, uh, get that out of the way. But it's it's been nice weather. It's Feeling like fall. I know we got a couple weeks left, but it's feeling like fall. So, I love fall. I love to sit on the back patio with a little fire pit and uh, just enjoy the, the outdoors. It's pretty cool. Yep, it's, fall is definitely in the air already at Disney. We can we can tell that from the decorations out. It is. So my mom is actually there right now. Um, this is her first trip without us. So she went with a friend of hers and um, her friend's special needs brother celebrating his sixty first birthday. So he's getting birthday wishes like crazy. Um, they had a good time. They've done Epcot and Magic Kingdom, and uh, they're taking a break day, and then they still have Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios to go. Um, lines have been pretty good. I'm keeping an eye on them. So the mm-hmm. longest line I've seen on anything is like 45 minutes. Um, yeah. There's only a couple of attractions like that. Everything else is in like the 20 to 30 minute range or less. It's it really nice. It was crazy. Like normally on Labor Day weekend, we see lines crazy yeah. long. And... Yep. It was not that way this you know, over Labor Day weekend this year um, at Universal or Disney. So I'm kind of excited for my trip coming up. I hope it stays this way. Yeah. Hopefully it'll continue along. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's just it's been I don't know. There's been some clickbait out there about what it looked like over Labor Day. Yeah. But the, the line wait times posted didn't reflect what they were showing you. So. No. Yeah, be care of some beware of some of those clickbait sites that you see out there. There's a lot of interesting information roaming around yeah. that um I mean I, I, there's a couple of sites I think they're literally just clickbait. When when Hagrid's and the Hulk coaster had a five minute wait. Hagrid's was like forty five. Um Slinky Dog, I think, was close to an hour. Labor Day every other weekend or every other year, that's that's almost two hours. Yeah, because it's yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody can get on it. Um, Let's see. What are the other ones? Uh, Flight of Passage was less than an hour most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. And Flight of Passage is normally 90 minutes to two hours. So, yeah, anytime you're getting Flight of Passage less than an hour, uh, crowds are not not perfect. Perfect time to go right now with the weather and the crowds. And I mean, it is perfect to go. It was still a little warm down there, so they were having, you know some heat issues and they were trying to stay cool, but um, it's been dry, no rain. So it's been good. I would say normally right now we're, you know, it's, it's getting close to hurricane season. So it's, it you is. know, there's lots well, of rain going on, but yeah. So 
Yeah, we're getting to that point. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into the episode. So if you guys uh, missed last week, we encourage you to go back and check out any of our previous episodes. They're all available on our website. Uh, but we talked about five more of our favorite things at the Walt Disney World Resort, you know, as part of our series. And we talked about Animal Kingdom Lodge, Slinky Dog Dash, Be Our Guest Restaurant, Splash Mountain, and VIP behind the scenes tours. So again, uh, as we're working on this series up to October 1st, gearing up to the anniversary, uh, we hope you're enjoying it. And if you missed any of those, please go back and check them out. Uh, for this episode, we're going to keep doing the same thing. Again, remember, every week we're talking about five things. Um, in no particular order, we have one resort, one restaurant, two attractions, and one miscellaneous item that brings a little extra magic to your trip. Uh, so what is our resort for this week? Yeah, so uh, for this this week, our resort, and I got to say, like, I'm a little disappointed that this series is, we only have three weeks left after this episode. So yeah. it, we're flying through this thing, and, you know, it's hard to narrow down all these different resorts and attractions and restaurants because we can only choose 50 of them. Um, and so this week we've chosen the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa as our uh, resort of choice. I will say, other than Boardwalk and... Uh, Yacht and Beach Club because I, I love the Epcot area uh, resorts for the monorail, um, the uh, Skyliner, and the Skyliner. walk option. Um, next to those, the Grand Floridian is probably my favorite uh, deluxe resort because it's so close to um, Magic Kingdom. And, you know, basically it's a deluxe resort. It's the big white resort you, with the red roof that you see in all the commercials of Disney World. Um it's the one that, you know, basically all the kids are walking around with super big smiley, smiley faces on. It's extremely elegant. It's just shows class all the way around. Um, mm -hmm. It is a very beautiful resort. One of the few options you have uh, for this resort that I really like is you have a couple of different suite options. One bedroom, two bedroom. And then you have the grand bedroom with panoramic views of the resort grounds. So basically, if you look at your window, you can kind of see all over the Grand Floridian Resort. Um, you also, with this resort, have a couple different theme park view options. And oftentimes, these are perfect to see fireworks from. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a very beautiful and resort. When you, when you think of a deluxe resort with Disney, this is the, the resort that you really think of. Uh, and then, of course, with deluxe resorts and with us, we're always going to talk about the dining options that they have. And so many dining options there are. And um, there's a couple fine dining options at this one resort specifically. And that Citricos, which is uh, basically you're dining underneath the lovely London sky in the newly reimagined restaurant, uh, which is inspired by Mary Poppins Returns, So which is pretty cool. Um, it also has a lounge option in case you don't want to go and sit down and get the big meal. You can just go in the lounge and hang out and grab a drink. Um, Narcusis is another option that is fine dining. And then you have Victorian Alberts, which is one of the many five-star Diamond Award restaurants on property. Uh, Disney has several of these locations without, I want to say, is seven, 13, something. There's a few, yeah. yeah I'd love there, to pull that list, but yeah. There, there, there's quite a few of them on property. Um, and one of them, Victoria Alberts, like I said, is located at the Grand Floridian Resort. You also have the Grand Floridian Cafe, which is their breakfast, lunch, and dinner quick service type. Op not quick service, uh, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner option. It does have the uh, hamburgers, you know, chicken sandwiches type meals. Um, not so fancy, but it's still better than most what you think of theme park food or hotel food. Um, it's a wonderful option for you go in and just kind of sit down and relax and get ready for your day or if you're staying at the resort taking a break from magic kingdom or epcot coming back getting you know decent lunch uh taking a break and then going back to the parks later um, and then the next one i know you guys have been to and you really like is the enchanted mm -hmm. rose uh which is kind of like your bar lounge area and it's themed after beauty and the beast and they've got a whole bunch of different uh, decorations themings that pay homage to the uh the live action movie of beauty and the beast right yeah the live action version yes no. it, it's pretty cool there's three kind of three different rooms kind of of this lounge area um and it's it's a really cool place to go and kind of explore and see some of that beauty and the beast theming and decor um see if you can pick out some of the um the characters from the movie might mm -hmm. be hidden somewhere in their rooms um but it, yeah it's a pretty cool place and they have some yeah. really nice beverages as well yeah 
Um, and then the Grand Floridian also has a couple of different unique dining opportunities as well. Um, they have two different styles of character meals at 1900 Park and Fair. You have Cinderella's Happily Ever After Dinner, which uh, is Cinderella and Prince Charming. And then you have the Supercalifragilistic Breakfast, which you are joined by Mary Poppins, Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter, Tigger, and Winnie the Pooh. Now, currently, these are not available. Hopefully, they will be back soon. Um, but when they do come back, these are some wonderful opportunities. It is the only meal that you will see Prince Charming at. And if you get a chance to really interact with Mad Hatter, he is one of the funniest characters that you will meet at Disney World. Yeah, he's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and then you, there's another one that you and I have both have an uh, opportunity to do, and it is the Garden View Tea Room, where you sit in a room. Uh, I mean, everybody knows the English love their tea, and this is kind of the way that this uh, resort is themed after is um, kind of like your English getaway. You have tea time, and you can go to the tea room and try out a whole bunch of different assorted teas and pastries that they will bring to your table um, that you order off a menu. Um, it was a pretty good experience. Um, there were a lot of different pastries that they brought to us and you know, we really enjoyed, really loved the tea time. Um, I I would totally do that again. I really I, kind of enjoyed it. I kind of, yeah, I kind of need to do it again too, just because I, I, I may have acted like a bull in a china shop there on accident, <laughs> but um I thought I was going to drop something, so I quickly reacted and I overreacted and I like knocked my plate and it chipped, you know, my cup or something. And I was like, "Oh great, yep. here we go." Um, but it was uh, it was pretty good, and uh, I definitely would try it again, especially for something we always talk about doing something different, adding a little bit of extra, taking a break, trying something mm -hmm. new. This is one of those things that you can try that's new. It maybe takes about an hour, um, but it's definitely something that's different. So. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun, and I, I'm mm -hmm. not a coffee drinker. I'm more of a tea person anyway, so mm -hmm. it was nice to go and uh, have a pot of tea with some friends yeah. and just sit and chat and kind of talk about what we were doing while we were there, and yeah. know, it, it was a nice little relaxing kind of experience. Uh, I would totally do it again. Yeah. It was fun. Um, yep. Uh, there's a couple other reasons why we really love the Grand Floridian Resort. Other than the look of it, like I said, it's a beautiful resort, and when you think of Disney class and, and uh, luxury um, this is what you, the resort you think of. There is a spa called Senses, which we've talked about a couple of times before on the podcast. It is located at the Grand Floridian Resort. Uh, they have three different pools that you can visit. Uh, they have a wedding pavilion. Uh, if you are looking to get married at Disney, this is where the wedding pavilion is. And it's got its own little section. So you don't have to worry about being around other guests while you guys are getting married. Uh, we have had a chance to go to the conference center and experience that part of it. Uh, as far as conference center that goes, this is this is one of the best that I've been in. I haven't been in many of them, but I've been in a couple of different ones with all the different trainings that I've had to go to over the years. And I mean, the way they treated us, the comfort, the room size. I mean, their, their conference center was was pretty nice. Uh, they also have uh, some of the transportations that we, options that we really like, which are the water taxis, uh, which can go to the ticket center or, or the Magic Kingdom. It'll also stop by uh, the Poly and the other resorts on uh, on, on the loop. Um, it's got a short walk to the poly in case you want to go over there and go to some of the restaurants there, just kind of walk around. Uh, it's about a 20 minute walk to magic kingdom, um, by the new walkway that they have just put in. I will say that you may want to do on your way to magic kingdom, maybe not on your way back from magic kingdom. Cause like I said, it is about yeah. a 20 minute walk. It is kind of depending on long. how long the line is for the watercraft and the monorail yeah. on the way back. It, yeah. yeah, it is a bit of a, it's a bit of a jog back, but yeah, nice view. So yeah, it is nice. Um, it's very quiet. It's very peaceful. Uh, you do a go over a pretty cool bridge, um, but you know, it's 20 minutes. It's kind of long on the way back after a long day at magic kingdom. So uh, just maybe mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Um, monorail loop. So you've got the monorail, which, you know, will take you to all of our favorite resorts on the monorail loop and magic kingdom. Um, so that is one reason that we really love, the Grand Flair Resort. And then it's just, it's got that elegant flair. Um, like I said, we talked about it, the class that it shows. Uh, and then also late at night, you've got some really good views of the electrical water pageant that goes by out there on the Seven Seas Lagoon. So, 
And I felt like when we stayed, I felt like the rooms were a little bit bigger than some of the other. Rooms. I do. Yeah. We didn't talk too much about the rooms other than the suite options. But um, as far as the rooms goes, and they're not superly over decorated or not, you know, yeah. really contemporary, anything like that. Um, they are very nice, clean rooms. They do keep the style of the rooms with the feel of the resort. Um, I, I did feel like they were bigger and uh, which, which is always nice when you get the deluxe, you need the space. Um, but I mean, it's just. It's it's a nice, classy hotel. And like I said, it's, you know, when I think of Disney Deluxe Resorts, that's the first one that comes to mind. And it's probably because it's on every commercial that you see for Disney. Yeah, just about. Uh, it, it It's a really nice resort. I enjoyed when we stayed there. It was, I don't know, it was not usually one on my list because it's a little um, elegant and fancy for me. I'm a little more, you mm-hmm. know, casual. Um, but I, I did really enjoy staying there. I enjoyed the convenience of how close it was. Um, and we talked about all the different restaurant options and things that are there. Um, it, it is a really great option. Yeah. Now that I've stayed there, I'm like, yeah, okay, we could do this again. It's a nice option. It is. It, it really is. Um, and it's not that I don't like the deluxe resorts cause I'm really happy with like animal kingdom lodge wilderness lodge. It's just mm-hmm. me. That's, um, I tend to be a little more casual, a little more rustic. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I might be out of place at the grand flirting and totally was not. It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I wasn't sure what to expect when I, when we stayed there. Um, but it, I mean, yeah, it was, it was nice. It's got a, um, English country flair feel when you're out walking around outside mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, it does have its own little private beach. Um, not too big, just, you know, a little bit of sand. And then, um, something else that we didn't talk about, um, was every now and then, uh, pre COVID, the lobby, there would be somebody playing a grand piano and then uh, Prince Charming and Cinderella would come down the staircase and would dance in the middle of the lobby. And then they would just go on about their day. Uh, and I was like, that's one thing I always try to catch anytime I was over that way. I was like, you know, it's it's just something that just that adds that little bit of extra Disney to your vacation. Yep. It just lo- it's the, They always had the band and stuff playing up on the, the balcony in there and stuff too. Hopefully they'll come back as... Uh, COVID restrictions drop down and they bring back more of the entertainment. Yeah. Cause they were, they were kind of a staple, yep. the uh, piano player. And then the, the quartet, the orchestra that was up there was really nice. Yeah. So well, we talked a little bit about the boardwalk and the beach club resorts. Uh, that leads us into our restaurant for this week. That's right. This is one of your favorites, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and not for the reason everybody thinks. No. Or the, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of is. So we're talking about um, it, our restaurant. This episode is for Beaches and Cream. Uh, Beaches and Cream is located over at Board at Yacht and Beach, and um, it, it's a great little cafe restaurant. It's not huge, um, but basically, it's where you need to go if you need to get a, a quick snack. Kind of a they do have entrees. We're going to talk about, but um, you know the main event here is desserts. So they have lots of great desserts. Um, we're going to talk about here as well. So uh, for entrees, if you're looking for an actual meal at Beaches and Cream, you can get an Angus beef burger, a plant-based burger. Uh, you can get a grilled cheese, a French dip sandwich, uh, cheddar bacon ranch chicken sandwich, or a Reuben. Um, for sides, you can get things like chili cheese tater tots, uh, a bowl of chili, cheese and bacon bits, onion rings, uh, French fries, all the good little sides. Um, but... Again, Beaches and Cream is really about ice cream and desserts. Yes. So some of the desserts you can get are strawberry shortcake. Um, they have cookie fries with a dipping sauce. Uh, and then they have a brownie a la mode. But the big thing is going to be the create your own uh, sundays or the specialty sundays that they have. They also have shakes you can get. So you can get some really cool shakes. But let's talk about some of the Sundays. So, Brian, I know one of your favorites is the kitchen sink. Yes. So it the is the only sink, Sunday, in my opinion. It is the, <laughs> <laughs> there's several listed, but this is really cool. Yeah. So the kitchen sink says it serves four. It is a $35 dessert, um, but you get scoops of vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry ice cream, cookies and cream, mint chocolate chip, topped with hot fudge, peanut butter, Snickers pieces, Fresh baked brownie and smothered in every additional topping they have. Uh, also available in chocolate lovers or Neapolitan versions. So some really cool options in there. Uh, yeah. And it comes in uh, a kitchen sink bowl. 
Yeah. So that's kind of cool. There's a couple different versions of the the kitchen sink. I mean, you've got the the versions you talked about, and then they also have the like the takeaway version um, where you pick it up in the little bucket and take it with you. We've tried the. I, I have tried once, and I keep saying I'm going to go back and do it, and I just I can't I can't force myself to do it. And I'm so disappointed. Um, but I mean, if you me and Mike Carnes probably could have sat there that night and finished one off if we had, you know, we had to eat first and, and uh, do that. But yeah, it, it's so good. I can't, I can't even talk about it. <laughs> so. so there's some other ones. They have a Mickey and Minnie souvenir sink. So that might be the one yeah. you're talking about. Yep. Uh, vanilla chocolate and strawberry ice cream topped with pineapple, strawberry, hot fudge, peanut butter, whipped cream, Oreo cookies, chewy brownie, an assortment of sprinkles and morsels and cherries. That one's only $23, and that comes in a little souvenir, um, like kitchen sink bucket you're talking yeah. about. Yep. They have a fudge mudslide, a classic banana split, a Snickers sundae, uh, an old-fashioned sundae that's only two scoops. They have an old-fashioned sundae that's three scoops, and those are only 8 and $10. So, you know, that's really not too crazy for a sundae at Disney. Uh, no. Uh, and they have the No Way Jose uh, Sunday. So this is a peanut butter and hot fudge delight featuring chocolate and vanilla ice cream, peanut butter and chocolate morsels, whipped cream, and a cherry. Yes. That is what I got last Some time. Amazing options. It is amazing really options. You can still get, like you said, uh, hand dip scoops or cones, waffle cones, um, all the different kinds of shakes. They do have uh, coffee, tea. Um, you can get floats. They have several different kinds of floats you can get. Um, it's just it, there's so many really good choices here. Uh, not many people I know go for the burgers. They go for the no, shakes and the sundays. The food is pretty good. I will say that. Um, and and you've had regular food there. Not yeah. Just sundays. Yeah. We we got there uh, the first time we ever went. We we drove straight to Disney um, and we had this for a dinner reservation. So we went there and we were starving. So we had to eat the food. Um and that was the only thing that stopped me from finishing off the kitchen sink was I had the, the <laughs> I, I think I had a turkey sandwich before with the French fries. Um, but I mean, the burger has been, it's pretty good every time I've had it. Um, I did get the No Way Jose last time I was there. It is, it is phenomenal. And you may get to this, but one of the best things I love about this restaurant is not only like you have your sit down options, um, but then they also have that to go window as well, which you can't get the full menu from that to go window, but I mean, it is perfect for a date night or just something to do. You pick up your ice cream and then you walk the, the boardwalk, uh, beach club loop and just kind of enjoy that. Or if you've got time going, you know, still go into Epcot, um, and walk around world showcase at night, eating your ice cream from beaches and cream. I mean, it's, it's such a good restaurant. Yeah. And that, that walk up window was what was open for a while and they've mm. opened the full uh sit down portion now as well so that's really cool but yeah it, it's the whole boardwalk area uh epcot resort area is yacht and beach um yacht club beach club uh boardwalk and then the dolphin and the swan are all kind of around a lagoon right there like you said there's a nice walking path uh, or a bicycle path if you want to get one of those little surrey bikes to ride around um and just stroll right over to Epcot too. Yeah. Like there's plenty of ice cream and things in Epcot, but um, it's, just, I don't know. Speeches and cream has some pretty amazing options um, or just, you know, take your, take your ice cream and go sit on the beach out there and kind of watch the boats and look at the boardwalk. And yeah, it's a great little area to just kind of hang out. Yeah. And who doesn't need ice cream when you're doing that on a hot it, day? It is one of the smaller restaurants at Disney. Um, but that to go window really, really small actually. Yeah. So that to go window really helps out, but even that to go window sometimes has a pretty long line with it. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind that, I mean, it's, it's great ice cream, great Sundays, good food. Um, you know, the waitresses are always, uh, and waiters are always, you know, really funny and, and enjoy to, to, you know, come to your table and joke around with you. Um, it's a really good option, but it's one that's it's kind of hard to get a reservation to. And I would say you definitely want to get a reservation for it. Otherwise, you're probably going to wait about an hour or so. Yeah, if you can get a reservation, that's great. Um, like I said, pricing is not too bad. If you're looking at a meal, um, the meals range between $13 and $17 for the entrees. Um, sides are anywhere from 6 to $9, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, the smaller desserts are 8 and $9. 
Um, and then as you go up and you get into uh, the different specialty shakes and things, they're running around $15 for the specialty shakes. Um, regular shakes and malts, about 6 to $8. Uh, and then the Sundays range anywhere from ten to thirty-five dollars. If you get that kitchen sink for four, um, that's a thirty-five dollar one. But everything else is, you know, eight, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Um, the mini kitchen sink is twenty-three. It's definitely something you want to share. Typically, unless you're with Brian, um, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't share well with others when he gets his sink. <laughs> Joey Joey doesn't share food, so. <laughs> And like the floats and shakes, you know, if you want a nice float and shake, they're about $13. Um, so, you know, decent sized desserts for what you're going to get with these, yeah. you know, um, regular um, ice cream runs about seven, seven fifty. So mm-hmm. that's actually cheaper than going to Baskin Robbins by me. Uh, I mean, it I really love Baskin is. Robbins, but they're, they're kind of pricey with their ice cream. Well, so I can handle the Baskin Robbins. It's the, um, the marble slabs and the places where you go and you add your own ice cream and then you add your own toppings and all that. Like yeah. and I, I spend 15 bucks at those kind of places all the time. So yeah. I, I have to yeah. stop going to them. <laughs> yeah. So when you look at these, the, the pricing is really not bad um, no. and it's really good. Yeah. Great atmosphere. Great place to go and hang out. It's definitely worth it. So Absolutely. So. Cool. All right. All right, let's we got our belly full ice cream. Let's so now what our, do we got to do? Let's, let's get into our first attraction, and we're going to head over to Animal <laughs> Kingdom. Um, this is one that I will say, if you are prone to motion sickness, um, you may want to get the patch or the, the wristband that kind of helps with that. Um, because we are talking about Flight of Passage. And uh, Avatar Flight of Passage is one of my top, I don't know, three, four... Uh, attractions at Walt Disney World. Um, it is it is labeled as a thrill ride, uh, but you do have to put on the 3D glasses. It is soaring on steroids, in my opinion. Um, yep. It is just a phenomenal attraction. Uh, you have to be 44 inches tall to ride. Um, if you have back issues, this may be another one that too may be a little hard. Um, Pregnant people, I, I'm not so sure about it. You may want to consult a doctor. But uh, what it is is basically a 3D show with movement to it. And once you go through the queue, which I would say is, you know, up until COVID, I had never gone through the queue at uh, Flight of Passage. <laughs> we've always had fast passes and we've always gone, yep. you know, cut out all that. The queue it, it is something else to be seen, uh, which the whole pandora the world of pandora um is which everybody calls avatar land which is not correct um pandora itself is something to be seen at night and during the day because you get two different views with all the different uh bioluminescent lighting that they use um all the neon colors it really shows out at night um but that queue and you go through you kind of see all the different plants from pandora you go through the caves you see the cave art from the um Oh my gosh, I just forgot the name of the, what is the name of the people, the big blue people? What are they called? The Navi. Yes. Uh, you see all the, the cave art from the Navi uh, and kind of see that side. And then you step into, you go through the jungle, you step into the science lab where they're kind of experimenting with different things and trying to, trying to get you ready for the ride. Um, you step into uh, kind of like a little elevator type thing. You're surrounded. They show a little movie about what you're about to experience. And then they talk about how you're going to get on the back of one of the Ecrons, which is the um, dragon type creature that you're going to fly on. And they talk about how they're going to create you and link you up to that Ecron as you become an avatar or Navi. Um, and then when you go on to the actual ride, you go in and you sit down on what kind of resembles more of like a, a motorcycle seat with handlebars. Um, so you are kind of, you know, your feet are behind you. Your back is kind of straight up. Um, you're kind of leaning over. So if you have back problems or you're pregnant, like I said, this may be something you want to look into. Um, they do have seats out in front of the ride where you can uh, test it out before you get in line and, and spend that hour or so seeing if it's something that you even do. Um, once you're on the attraction, you put your sun, your, your 3d glasses on and then you're flying through, uh, Pandora, just like you're on the back of one of these e-crongs. 
And I, I will say, I mean, you've got water splashing in your face. You've got some wind. You got some smells that come in. Um, I mean, there's there is a thrill to it. You wouldn't think there's really a thrill to it, but there really is a thrill when you're going, you know, diving straight through a cave. Come out on the other side. There's rocks falling on you. Whole bunch of different stuff happens in this short, you know, five seven minute movie uh, that really provides a little thrill to you, and it's great for kids, uh, teenagers, adults. Uh, my kids love it. It's Blaine, probably Blaine's favorite attraction. Uh, like I said, it's one of mine. I know it's one of yours, but it's just something. It, it, I wasn't a big fan of the Avatar movies. Um, I'll be interested to see how the second one comes out when it finally does. But uh, you don't have to be a fan if of the ever. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be a fan of the movie or even really know much about the movie to understand this ride, which is one of the good things, because I know there's a Mandy could care less about avatars pandora or any of that but she loves the ride and i think that's one of the best things about it is you don't have there's not a story you have to fall in line for to understand what's going on in the in the, in the attraction yeah it's true um it, it helps if you know the, the movies so you have the storyline a little bit but if you don't um it, it's fine and you know we're talking about it being a thrill ride it is listed as a thrill ride but the motion on it is not bad no the motion on it is um I think it's a combination of the motion that you get in the 3D effect that people feel like they're going um, a lot faster, a lot farther, moving more than you are. So, yeah. uh, you know, like you're talking about, if you have back or um, pregnant issues, it's it's just the way you have to straddle into this interesting little seat. Yeah. Um, really tall people have a really hard time with this yes. attraction as well. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a it's an odd little seat that you have to get into and embrace in you do have a piece that comes up um, along your back so that you don't like slip out backwards um, and then there's a piece that comes up around your ankles because the entire little platform moves a bit so they want to make sure your feet don't come out yeah um, but it, it, it's an amazing attraction like you said it is like soaring on steroids um, it's it's just to the next level uh, it, it's a great attraction great and attraction. It, it's it's funny like I say you're sitting on this kind of like motorcycle style seat. Um, yeah, it is. But when you're when you're on this Banshee or, or E-Krong, um, when that thing moves, when it flaps its wings, when it's breathing, when it's just doing any kind of movement, you feel it in your seat. So you really feel like you're, I guess, riding a horse, really, or, or flying on the back of a Banshee. I mean, like, it's so incredibly immersive with everything that they do with it. Uh, yeah. That I mean, there's there's a reason why it continues to have one of the longest lines at Disney World. Yeah, it's true. It's it's pretty amazing. So, okay. uh, the way they brought that to life is is pretty cool. Well, you said yeah. the queue, everything. It's it's a great. It's one of those great all immersive attractions. Um, Disney is so famous for. Yeah. Um, well, we will tell you whenever the Disney uh, the Genie Plus comes out. Um, this is supposed to be one of those extra paid attractions uh, that's on the list. So um, that'll be an option to help you cut down the line on that. But if you're not going to do one of those, then uh, we suggest either do it first thing in the morning or maybe right before the park closes. Those will probably be your best times to catch the lines uh, at less than that hour wait. Yep. Yep. And be sure to check with us because we have all kinds of tips on how to uh, experience Animal Kingdom when you go. Yes. We'll help you out with that. Yep. Great, great attraction. Yeah. So for our second attraction, we are going to jump um, out of Animal Kingdom and head over to Hollywood Studios again. And, you know, this is one of the newer attractions. Um, if you haven't done it, you really think you should. We're going to talk about Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run over in Galaxy's Edge. So again, this is at Hollywood Studios in the Galaxy's Edge section. Um, for... Anybody who kind of grew up with Star Wars, you you have to do this attraction. It's a must. Mm -hmm. The first time you walk around the corner and you see the life-size Millennium Falcon, you know, sitting there in front of you, um, it, it's it's kind of an emotional experience. You're like, oh my yeah, gosh, it, it this really thing we is. grew up with, it's right there. Um, and it, it, even better, when you go into Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, you get to pilot or be a gunner or, or uh, a tech on the... Uh, Millennium Falcon itself. Well, so before that, you get to amazing. you get to sit down at the chess table. Yep, the queue area is pretty amazing. So as you go into uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, the storyline here is that um, Hondo Anaka actually has access to 
the Millennium Falcon, and he he's kind of a smuggler. So you're going to go in and help him uh, smuggle some goods out. Um, and Chewie's going to be around as well. He kind of, you know, gets annoyed that you're using the ship, but uh, it's kind of <laughs> cool to see. So as you go through the queue, you're walking through, and um, it, it's kind of all the smugglers and parts and things that you would see um, as you go in and you learn about how you're going to go in and steal this uh, coaxium. And so you get to go through it all, but the final portion of the queue, you go down like a boarding ramp, like you do like an airline and you actually step onto the millennium Falcon. So you're in that area. Everybody sees in the movies where the chess table is and the kind of little bunks are in the back corner and there's room to kind of walk around. So the queue area becomes here. They give you cards. So you can kind of walk around in here and check it out and get pictures until they call your colored card. And then um, you get your turn to go in and, and fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it is amazing. If you haven't done it, um, there is a height restriction on this one of 38 inches or taller. It's considered a thrill ride because it is a motion simulator type attraction. Um, but it's, it's another one of those. that's not very rough. Uh, and this one is not in 3d. So you don't wear the glasses. Um, you don't really need them because you just, no. you know, you're on the Millennium Falcon and, and it just kind of blows your mind the first couple times you go. Um, it's cool. So then there are six different um, positions in the Millennium Falcon. There's two pilots. One controls the up, down, and one controls the side, side, and the jump to light speed. Uh, then you have two gunners and you have two, I believe they're engineers. Um, so as things happen and you get shot by TIE fighters and things like that. The engineers have to help, um, you know, keep the ship flying, keep everything going. Um, the gunners fight uh, and shoot the TIE fighters and other things, you know, while the pilots are all actually guiding you through this experience. It's so cool. Yeah. It, it's like a giant video game, um, you know, for adults uh, it, and kids. Kids really enjoy it, too. Um, you know, Star Wars has been around for, you know, 50 plus years now. As I said, um, there's almost a generation that has not experienced Star Wars at this point. Yeah, so. it, it's for 50 plus years. It's been around and, you know, the new st- the new series has come out and there's just so much about Star Wars and the whole galaxy that that goes around it. Um, it, it it's an amazing attraction. Yeah, you really got to try it. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of things about the Millennium Falcon Smokers run that I love a lot more than Rise of the Resistance, to be honest. Um, I know that's maybe not a popular opinion, but I love the fact that I can fly the Millennium Falcon. I hate the fact that I have to rely on somebody else to help me fly it, though, because I, I, <laughs> I, I you cannot. It's, it's impossible for me to think what you're thinking. And so I'm trying to go up and I want you to go this way and we just can't get that worked out. And so you're you're, you're bumping into some things. Um, but just that journey through, you know, while you're flying is, is really cool. And like you said, even if you don't get to be the flyer, because sometimes you don't have that choice. Um, right now with COVID, you do have that option that you're only with your party. But if you have a party of two, um, they're just putting you two in there and they're not putting anybody else in there. But, you know, sometimes you have that option of choosing which spots you want. Sometimes you don't. But if you're not, you know, if you're a gunner or you're an engineer or whatever, like you still have a role. Um, it may be not the most fancy role of Han Solo or Chewbacca, but you still like you're, you're involved. You're, you're getting to do something. Um, and it's just a really cool attraction to just go through. Uh, like I say, kids love it. My kids love it. Blaine, Blaine was so like ready to shoot some stuff. Um, Abigail thought she could fly better than anybody in the world. And we kept crashing and crashing and crashing because she couldn't see over the dashboard. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's just really cool to just experience it. And like I said, just, just the fact that you're, in the Millennium Falcon. I mean, that is the ship that we all know, other than a TIE fighter. Um, I would say that's the most recognizable ship from the movies. So, uh, yeah, everybody knows the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's pretty amazing. You gotta love it. And so there is something that I'll point out. Um, you have to have six people to do it and don't do it on your first trip and don't do it if you're riding with people you don't know. But um, there is a really cool hack you can do on Millennium Falcon where it's called Chewy Mode. Yeah. So essentially, as you're flying the Millennium Falcon, uh, Doc Ondar or Hondo Anaka, sorry, is in there and he's telling you, um, you know, do this, do that, you know, get behind the ship, shoot them. Um, but there is a Chewy mode. And if you um, find on YouTube how to activate Chewy mode, instead of listening to Hondo Anaka, um, 
give you instructions the entire trip. It's literally Chewie screaming at you the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, if you've done it a couple times before and you want to try for Chewie mode, we haven't gotten it yet. I want to, I really want to get Chewie mode to work. Um, but it, there's YouTube has all kinds of ways um, you can go and look at and show you how to do it. Um, I, I think it's kind of cool. It's a cool little Easter egg. It's another one of those kind of, kind of like a hidden Mickey Easter egg that we talked about before. Um, something special that's hidden in the attraction. Yeah. It's so. it's kind of like that old Nintendo up down up down left right left right you know APA <laughs> you know code that you got to do um, and so all I, of a sudden you get extra features or something yeah like yeah so you can't you cannot do it by yourself you have to have six people to do it yeah um, because yep. everybody has to touch a button at you know mm-hmm. certain times or whatever uh, yes so I mean it is it is pretty cool to do that I haven't done it either um, I want to we have we have I, to try that next time as I say I, January yeah I want to do it I want to do it just to you know just to say we did it um, but I don't know how much. I like Chewie yelling at me the whole time because I went a certain <laughs> way. I, I just don't know. So it's cool though. It's, it's yeah, cool it, when you it, watch a video, it's like to get it. It's like it, yeah, it really is, and it, it's it's kind of like somebody stumbled upon that too. Um, you know, somebody had to leak it uh, to do it. Yeah, but um, it's not something Disney promotes. So you know, it's one of those little things. That, like you said, it's an Easter egg that if you don't know about it, nobody's going to tell you about it, and yeah. you're going to miss out. So could be cool. So we're January, we got to try it. Yeah. So I, I like I said, I love Smuggler's Run for a lot of reasons. Um, it's not on my list higher than Rise of the Resistance, but there's a lot of things about it I like better than Rise of the Resistance. I like the interactive feel to it. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. So, All right. Well, so what's our extra magic this, this episode? So we, we've talked about this before uh, a couple of times. Um, and they're located at a couple of different parks. We've seen them at Epcot a lot. We've seen them at Animal Kingdom a lot. Um, and we're talking about the scavenger hunts. There's one at Magic Kingdom that's not really a paid scavenger hunt. Um, but a scavenger hunt is basically what it sounds like. There's a map that you were provided from Disney, whether it's at Epcot or Animal Kingdom. Um, the one at Magic Kingdom is there's several different Pascals located over Fantasyland uh, near the uh, Rapunzel Tower bathrooms. Um they're all different colors. They're all hidden in this little uh, small section. And I think there's at one time there was 13 of them in there. Um, and you're just kind of, you know, trying to find all different 13s. But the paid versions, the ones that you and I have done before, uh, are over at Epcot and over at Animal Kingdom. The most recent one we have done was the Animal Kingdom one, which is the Lion King scavenger hunt where you get a map. Uh, I think they're like $8 a map or something like that. Um, you get a map. You go around uh, Animal Kingdom or Epcot, you find the different statues that are on the map. And Epcot has different versions where they've had the Ratatouille, they've had uh, Olaf. Uh, Like I said, there's Lion King currently over at Animal Kingdom. You find the bronze statues or the Olaf statues, Remy's, um, put a sticker on the map where where you're located. And then you take that map back over to uh, one of the areas where you purchased the map from. And you get a magic, uh, a magnet or a keychain or some kind of little small souvenir for participating. Uh, I think this is great for kids. Um, you and I have done them just to kind of see what they're like. And they're, I mean, they're pretty fun for us as well uh, because it gets your eyes up off the ground. It gets your eyes up off the, your phone. Um, and it gets you just kind of looking around and you see all different things that you've never witnessed before, just kind of looking for these different things. And they kind of tell you in certain areas. And if you really struggle with one, you can ask the cast members. They all know where they're at. Um, but it just gets you up, you know, looking around, like I said, maybe seeing some hidden Mickeys that you haven't seen before, or maybe some other kind of little Disney touch that you haven't seen. Disney is always putting Easter eggs or hidden magic into their decorations. Uh, you you may see things tied to other movies in certain locations. Um, so when you're looking for these things on the scavenger hunt, I mean, you just kind of be aware of that. And then, you know, for kids, especially when you're walking around World Showcase, they don't have any, uh, they could care less about going to the France Pavilion to uh, get some cheese bread or, you know, a bread bowl or, you know, checking out perfume or something like that. They will go and try to find a Remy, though, or an Olaf. Um, And the same thing in Animal Kingdom. They may not be in animals. They may not be in the African heart. They may not care, but they will go and find their favorite Lion King statue so they can get that uh coaster not coaster magnet or uh whatever the prize may be um because they they want that feeling of i found it i won um you know what's my surprise because 
I didn't tell my kids what they were going to win beforehand on some of them. Um, and they don't necessarily have to win, even if they don't find all of them, they can still turn that map in and they're still going to get it. Um, and sometimes they'll even give it to you when you get your map. So that way you don't have to come back to that certain location. So it's just a fun little thing to do to keep them engaged. Um, like I said, you can find them at a couple different gift shops at Epcot. Um, there is a market in uh, Africa before you get on Savannah at Animal Kingdom that you can buy them at. I think they said they're, you know, they're less than $10, I believe, for each map. Um, so if you have two yeah. kids, less than 20 bucks, you're keeping them entertained for a couple hours. Unless you're like my kids and fly through it in 30 minutes. And I'm like, guys, no, that's, that's, that's not the point. We're supposed to be taking our time, enjoying this and looking around. And they're like, we've already been here. We already know all this. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, it's just kind of fun. Like I said, we, you and I have done it uh, just to kind of see what it's like. And we stumbled upon the Lion King one the first time we saw it because we were like, there's a, there's a Simba statue up there. That's pretty cool. And then we kept walking and I was like, oh, there's another statue right there. And had no idea what it was. So we went and asked and they were like, oh, well, here you go. And so we were like, all right, let's go do this. Um, Yep. It's just, it's, it's fun. Like I said, it keeps everybody engaged. Uh, it just adds that little extra something to do because you can f- go through Epcot and Animal Kingdom pretty quickly. If there's certain things you, you can't do or don't want to do, uh, you can go through those parks in, you know, half a day or so. Um, so this just gives you a little bit more time to spend in the park and just kind of slow down and enjoy it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, the little gift you get it's, it's not huge but it's no. kind of cool it's just it's something different to experience you know like you said we're talking about something that adds a little extra magic to your day um if you've never done it it's pretty cool yeah uh it's just a fun little thing to do yeah there were so i think the olaf was like a keychain uh the remy's was a keychain olaf i think was something different a button maybe or something i can't remember uh the lion king was a version you you get one of three different magnets to put on your refrigerator or whatever. So, uh, Landon Abigail got one and then I had to round out the collection and get another one just to, you know, so we had all three of them cause that's just how we roll. So, uh, <laughs> we, we cannot have an un- incomplete set here at my house. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just cool. And it's just something different to do. And that's, that's what we're about. We we're just trying to give you guys as many options as we can give you. So you can have that, that vacation that's tailored specifically towards you guys. Absolutely. All about the extra magic. Yep. And there's tons of it. <laughs> <laughs> so many different things. All right. So uh, I, that's our five topics for the episode. So we're kind of moving right along through this one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this is a lot of great information and everybody liked that. But we do have a little bit of Disney news to talk about. A um, few cool things going on. Uh, what's the first one, Brian? Yeah. So... Um... You were a little late to the party, but, you know, it's kind of funny. Like Disney didn't really do a whole big celebration about this and make it a huge announcement. But uh, at the end of August, Alani just recently celebrated their 10th anniversary. And I had not realized it It had been 10 years already. So um, that is pretty cool. If you guys have not been to Alani or don't know what Alani is, uh, go back and check out our episode with Becky Keenan as she helps walk us through Alani. Uh, It's a phenomenal resort. If you're going to Hawaii it's summer, you definitely need to go. Um, you do not have to stay at the resort. You can stay at Alani and travel all throughout the island, or you can go to a different part of the island and just go over to Alani for you know a day and just kind of walk around and visit. Um, such a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, it is a great, great resort. Um, they did a nice job with the whole little video and stuff that they mm-hmm. came out for the 10th anniversary. It was kind of yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I'm super excited about that's coming to Universal, um, I'm really hoping I can get our kids to go, which... So we, we looked at the times and the parks are closing at like five o'clock. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they extend the hours for this. But the dark arts at Hog, at the Hogwarts Castle is returning in uh, this year, uh, September 18th. Um, I'm super excited to see this, which if you guys don't know what it is, it's basically a projection show on the uh, Hogwarts Castle where they have the Voldemort symbol uh, projected mm-hmm. onto the, uh, the castle. Um, they've got the characters that are going to be coming out, um, on the little stage over there. Um, kind of, I guess they're death eaters, um, that they're coming back as well. So Hogwarts is, uh, and Hogsmeade are, are gearing up for Halloween this year. Um, super excited about it. Cause we're going to be there the first week of October. And like I said, I hope it's dark enough that we're going to be able to see some of that because like I said, if they're closing at five o'clock, I'm just not sure we're going to be able to see it, but hopefully they'll extend those hours so we can, cause I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. 
Yeah, I think they probably will. I mean, at five o'clock, it's not going to be real dark yeah. to see those. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it, it People who've seen it before really enjoyed it. It's a really neat show. Um, if you're a Harry Potter fan, it really, really ties in the story and brings it together. So yeah, good to see that they're bringing that back. And similar you know, with other things, it's one of those things that just hasn't been back for a while because they don't want crowds gathering in mm-hmm. a certain area as much as possible. But, you know, they're they're at the point now where they're able to bring it back. So that's really cool. Yep. 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 All right. So for Disney's 50th anniversary, which this whole series is dedicated to, um, McDonald's has gotten back into the act. So McDonald's is going to be bringing back Happy Meal toys to start in September um, for the 50th anniversary. And, you know, we were looking at what this is and I hate when they do this Full list of characters because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a McDonald's person. I'm really not. But when they bring out these stupid Disney toys, I'm like, ah, <laughs> we got to collect them. We gotta collect yeah. Them. So actually, it turns out. So they're they're like uh, mini figurines. And uh, it, apparently there's going to be 50 of them for the 50th anniversary. So, yeah, that's a pretty big collection to try and go out and get. Uh, but it, we're looking at the list of characters that are listed and it looks like it's probably going to be the same 50 that are in the golden statues at the park. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm so excited to see those golden statues. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be really nice. Look, I can't wait to see how, how nice they look. Um, you know, the pictures we've seen of them are great, but it's, it's different until you can actually go see them in person. And, and they're all over. They're at the airport. They're at the resort. They're, they're all over the place. <laughs> they're all over. Yeah, but so McDonald's getting into the act for the 50th anniversary. You know, McDonald's has a long history with mm-hmm. Disney and doing um, glassware and different movie toys and things in the Happy Meals. So um, not real surprised, but a little no. surprised that there's supposed to be 50 of them. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's going to be hard to get them all. You're going to be able to sell that. If you get all 50 of them, you can sell it on eBay for like $50,000. <laughs> It'll be interesting. So. Yeah. All right. And so Lego has also gotten back in the act. So there's a lot of great Lego Disney related items. Um, The castle I don't have yet. It's on my list. I really want to get the Lego castle, but it's about 350 bucks. Um, So that that one's been held off a little bit. Uh, But Lego is bringing out a new mini version of Cinderella Castle for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. I'm pretty jealous of Michael Gregory's uh, Lego collection. He's got the uh, the castle. He's got the train station. He's got... um... Uh, the other big one. Um, I don't think he's got the $800 Millennium Falcon yet, though. So <laughs> yeah, there's some big ones. Yeah. But even just the Disney ones, you've got, like you said, there's the castle. There's some Main Street buildings. There's the train yeah. station and the train. Um, I I really want this whole collection as well. So I, I will tell you, Blaine gets on the Lego Ideas website all the time and just kind of checks to see what ideas people have promoted to Lego to see what you know they might be interested in. And you can go on and, and once they have enough votes, they'll put that into production. Okay. And I, I think it's got to be like 30,000 votes or something like that. It, it's a ridiculous number. One on the table that they're about to pass is a Haunted Mansion set. I saw that. I oh. will absolutely have to get that. So uh, as a former cast member who worked at the Haunted Mansion, that would huge, be huge for my yeah. list. Yeah. Huge so, for my list. And, and I mean, it's not a small set either. It's a pretty big one. So um, yeah, it's really cool that they've done the mini version for the Cinderella's Castle because like you said, that that is an expensive set. This one, the Lego, the mini version will probably still be a little pricey because Legos are pricey. I mean, let's just admit it. But um, it's nice that it's going to be, you know, an option. And it, I mean, it's not I, I can't remember how many pieces are supposed to be in it, but it's not it's not very big at all. Um, I mean, it might be yeah, 10 inches tall total set. or something like that. It's it's very small. It doesn't really say how many pieces are in it. Um I'm looking at the boxes. I was trying to see. Usually the box tells you how many pieces it is, but mm-hmm. I, I can't see anything on the box and there's nothing yeah. um, listed that says, but it's, it's not a huge set. It's a mini yeah. set. Yeah. Which, so yeah, some kids are kind of cool. Yeah, some kids that doesn't matter. I mean, Blaine can finish the regular version in probably like an hour. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, the mini set I'm sure will be a lot less than 350. Yeah. So I, this one, yeah. I'm sure I can swing <laughs> <laughs> until well, I, you know, until I get those it's, other big ones. 
we have a whole uh, we have a Hogwarts village downstairs. Um, Blaine has gotten all basically all the Harry Potter ones. He's gotten diff- the two different versions. All the big the, ones. Yeah, the two different versions of Ooh. the castles. Um, he's gotten Hogsmeade. He's gotten the Weasley's house. Um, I, I mean, he he he's gotten into that set. And I mean, for his birthday and Christmas, he gets one big set. And then he normally can talk as when it was grandma's into buying you know the other big set. So, <laughs> but he knows yeah, those are great. He knows that's all he's getting is, is something, you know, big like that. So, uh, and he's good with it. So. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That I would love to have all the Disney and Universal yeah. Hogwarts sets like that. That would be really awesome. Yeah, it is. Cool. That'd be a huge collection to have. Yeah, we got to have to have a Lego room, which we're, we're lining his room with shelves to put all his big Lego sets on. So Eli doesn't need Very it. Cool. So. <laughs> Very so. cool. Very cool. All right. Anything so, else for this episode? I think that's about it. I think it is. I mean, we we kind of flew through it, but we gave hopefully we gave you guys some good information. Oh, there's one other one I did see. I did see this week. Um, the Crystal Palace is going to be returning to a buffet. Oh yeah, that's true. At the Magic Kingdom, so we did see that Crystal Palace is going to be coming back. I believe it said the twelfth or the eighteenth. I have to check the date. Um, but yeah, uh, another buffet coming back to Walt Disney World. And, and I know that's and this been one's in the park. Yeah, and I know that's been a little bit of mixed reviews on the food um, at Crystal Palace right now, um, but a buffet option in the park is always a good choice. Yeah, it's it's you know we got Boma and Crystal Palace and Germany. Germany mm-hmm. has gone back to a buffet, um, yeah. and so now we've got Crystal Palace. So it, it's good progress towards bringing those other buffets and things back as well. So yep, happy to hear it. Yep. All right. I think that just about does it. Uh, you know, as usual, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, catch us next time as we continue our series about 50th anniversary and five of our favorite things from Walt Disney World. Uh, we only have a few weeks left. So if we've missed something and there's something you really think we should include, uh, make sure you send us a message. Yeah. Uh, and as your mouse experts, we're here to help answer all your Disney Universal questions and help you prepare for your next magical vacation, wherever that destination may be. Because we can do other destinations now. And if you enjoyed the show, please share this episode with anyone you think might enjoy it as well. Uh, we're always looking to grow our audience. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Yeah. So shoot us an email. Send us your comments. Tell us what you think. We're always happy to hear from you guys. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned the other destinations that we uh, can now book. Um, we're not going to go into detail about it uh, for time reasons, but you and I have both posted a promo for Royal Caribbean on our Facebook pages. So um, if you guys are interested in Royal Caribbean cruises, go and check those uh, pages out and let us know if you guys are interested. So, uh, yep. Actually, our agency owner is on a Royal Caribbean cruise right now. That's true. And so she's sending us all the details and updates and let us know what's going on. Um, if you're considering a cruise, now is the time to go. I got to say. Oh, my you. gosh. It's like a ghost town. Yeah. Yeah, oh. she's on um, one of the medium sized ships and she said they're only about 25 to 30 percent capacity right now. Yeah. So imagine all the class and um, service you get when the ships are full and fully loaded. Mm-hmm. And now if they're, you know, 50 percent capacity or less, um, you're getting a lot of extra special attention yeah. because the, the whole crew is there to welcome you. And uh, they're just, they're super excited to be sailing again and back to work. So Yeah, I, we're going to run over our time and I'm, uh, that's okay. But I, I do want to touch on that because you mentioned the Royal Caribbean capacity that basically, you know, how many people are on those that we heard from the um, Disney Dream as well, that mm-hmm. they were about 33% capacity. And just think of all the wonderful service that you're getting from these cast members for a 100% capacity cruise. Yeah. Exactly. They have got to and be bored out of their minds. Half the people. Yeah. Or a third of the people, you know, just mm-hmm. on that ship. And they're like, okay, we can really spend some time with these people and really, really, really get to know them because we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's great. It's got to be extremely magical. Uh, we've heard, we've heard testimonies and stories about why now is a good time to cruise. And I know it's scary to think about that. Um, but there's many good reasons why to cruise right now. So just, just kind of keep that in mind. We're here to help. Yep. And Royal Caribbean right now has some amazing deals out. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, or if you've never cruised and you want to know why we think you should, uh, reach out to us. We're happy to help you with that. I've actually been on eight cruises in the past and Royal Caribbean is one of my favorite cruise lines right there with Disney. So, um, yeah, happy to talk to you about Royal Caribbean all yeah. day. 
Yep. So, all right. Well, as we end all of our episodes uh, with a quote um, this week, I have chosen one that, um, you know, right now the world is full of challenges, whether it's, you know, COVID, working from home, um, vaccines, masks, what, whatever the issues may be. There's challenges everywhere. Uh, there always have been challenges. It just seems like right now there's more challenges in the world. Uh, so we have chosen True. The, the, the simple one word from, you know, uh, I guess Avatar and Pandora that we all know as Disney lovers is Sivako, which means rise to the challenge. And that's from Flight of Passage in the world of Pandora. And I mean, I love a challenge. I, I am a problem solver. I, I love challenges. I think I do better when I'm challenged. And, you know, so this is something that I really try to not live by per se. But anytime I'm challenged or, or thrown up a bed, I'm like, OK, I got it. And so like this, this quote, I was just like, yes, this has got to be the one for the episode. Plus it's our favorite ride. One of our favorite rides. Yeah. Um, Very cool. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Check us next time as we continue to uh, check us out next time as we continue our series. Uh, We've got 15 things left. Um, Which ones make the list? Which ones don't? As Alan said, if there's something that you want to be on the list, make sure you let us know. Otherwise, it may not make it. Um, there's there's going to be some things that get left off, and I'm I'm you know put a little sa- uh, sad face next to that attraction, but I, we, we, <laughs> we can't touch on all of them. There's only fifty right now, so we'll yep. just have to see how it goes. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.